Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for our fortnightly catch-up on the markets with our expert, my colleague Jason Durden, Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management at Alpha. And Jason, we've seen some extraordinary prices in the UK power markets and elsewhere in recent days. Uh, Is this what we've got to put up with this winter, or do you think we might be over the worst? I think uh, we may we may be over the worst, Jeremy. January was, you know, extraordinary. Not least, obviously, regulatory uh, changes with um, exiting of the EU, balancing being proving particularly difficult. Regular commodity prices everywhere um, in energy also uh, being really high. We saw some huge balancing costs as uh, as we've talked about before: twelve hundred pounds uh, a megawatt hour during peak demand. We've seen in the last uh, few days, and as we've moved into the February new month, we've seen some pretty high demand, but we've also seen a more normal balancing regime. We had a couple of £600 slots yesterday during peak demand, but one could argue that, you know, at 45 gigs uh, of overall demand, the system was reasonably stretched, and while £600 was probably higher than we would have had had we not had the 1,000 and 1,200 incidents last month, general prognosis and general pricing levels on the spot for UK power are a moderate premium to uh, European counterparts rather than sort of trading you know, up to double. Right. And uh, I guess there are some UK specific aspects to supplies, um, you know, nuclear units that might be out for a while. And of course, we've seen some disruption on the availability of one of the interconnectors. And I guess when, you know, power is flowing into the UK uh, in uh, times of high demand in winter, that's that's quite important. Where, where are we on maintenance and the interconnectors at the moment? So nuclear in the UK uh, has moved into a, a phase of um, uh, normal maintenance, which means that we're seeing, you know, Haitians off uh, at the moment. We've seen one of the Tornes units come, Tornes come back on and one go off. So there is some pinch point there, but we're talking about just over five gigs as opposed to just under six. So relatively small differences there but nevertheless in peak demand scenarios uh, quite important uh, in terms of interconnectors we've welcomed the uh, additional connectivity with france and um, we have regularly been seeing three gigs coming into the uk uh, at points when we've needed it which has been very welcome britned which has been off since december has pushed back its start date now until the 8th of uh, february it was intended to be back on the 1st that was pushed back uh, a little more than a week ago or so so that's a gig down from uh, from the netherlands but generally speaking there is you know we we did have some open cycle gas turbine on the system yesterday uh, because we were having you know a fairly beefy peak demand uh, we are seeing coal running there was low wind yesterday we now have you know a, a, a huge amount of wind on the grid today and it looks be fairly robust for the rest of this working week system just really reflecting i suppose some challenges in the balancing market but generally speaking there is a diversity of supply and there is enough supply particularly when the wind blows which is a a, you know a recurring theme of course Um, but yeah I, i think we're you know it's a bit more of a normal 
a normal Q1 cold in winter scenario, really, rather than perhaps the very soft and oversupplied uh, environment we found ourselves in last uh, last year. I guess that's a reassurance, you know, perhaps the, the prices are a little higher than some consumers have been used to recently. But uh, as you say, perhaps also indicative of a more normal market, whatever that means today. Uh, and of course, it's not just the power market we're concerned about. It's the broader effect of commodity prices. But what's been happening to oil and the general concerns or indeed optimism about the way the European and global economies are moving? Yeah, you know, I suppose one of the big issues here is that markets seem to have completely priced in recovery and haven't been wrong-footed so far. Markets always look six months plus ahead. But in terms of, you know, there's as many column inches being spent on the fact that the market has completely sort of discounted COVID and actually the 21 outlook now looks a lot slower in terms of recovery and a lot worse just in terms of actually sort of business as usual. Uh, and that's not reflected in commodities or assets. I think one cannot get away from the fact that if central banks continue to flood markets with liquidity or, or print money, depending on, you know, however you want to dress it up, these have massive distortions in assets. Uh, we haven't seen sort of consumer prices uh, particularly uh, interfered with so far, but I'm sure that isn't necessarily too far away. But in terms of commodity and asset valuations, they are through the roof. We, you know, most global markets, FTSE excluded, are now sort of fully recovered from the uh, sell-off in March uh, 2020 uh, or are touching new highs. In terms of commodity markets, not just energy, but softs and metals and, you know, any other commodity market, something like in excess of 50 commodity classes out of 65 are, are trading back at levels that are consummate with where they were before COVID. You know, and one can say, well, actually, that isn't necessarily the case in, in terms of demand globally. Global demand is still downturned, albeit, you know, the effects of a, a normal recession, I suppose, at this point in time. So therefore, this valuation can only be ha happening because of the distortion in markets. And that distortion is because central banks continue to flood liquidity in, into markets, billions and trillions of dollars being printed uh, across Europe, the US, uh, and the Far East. Um, in terms of what that does for energy, it just means that oil, particularly um, very tied in with global sort of um, economic growth characteristics, we're beginning to see that being pushed, even though the demand outlook looks very tight. I mean, it's being supported at the moment by some supply tightening from the Saudis. They're cutting a million barrels a day out of production for the next two months. Um, but the, the US is still churning out 11 million barrels a day. Russia is now back above 10 million barrels a day. General OPEC compliance is seen around 85%-ish of the cuts they should be making. I think it's difficult to see oil breaking out in the very short term, but you know the, the direction of uh, oil, which is the, uh, you know, the, the big 
bellwether for energy, I suppose. Um, UBS have come out this morning and they've increased their forecast for the end of this year to, to sort of well above the um, current range expectations for pricing. So there's lots of sort of uh, asset inflation going on around some of these. And of course, we see it in carbon as well. You know, carbon is as influenced by global equity markets uh, as it is political decisions and, uh, and, and supply and demand. So, you know, these things do not live in a vacuum, despite the fact we might be relatively well supplied at the moment. Indeed, and although it's relatively good news, as you say, on, on security supply, uh, prices are perhaps another matter. So has gas been following what we've seen in oil and the high activity in, in car recently in carbon? Uh, are things settling down a bit in the gas market? Should we have any concern about availability of LNG in the tail end of this winter? So, yeah, I mean, a really uh, a January that lots of market participants and observers will talk about for a, a number of years, I'm sure. But we saw a, a massive explosion in pricing and uh, outlooks and dynamics in January. Um, that has largely normalised now. Um, increased volatility is still huge. You know, front month fell on the first day of trading in the new month by 10% yesterday. These are volatility levels that we've not really had to cope with before in this market. You know, we see, we've seen it occasionally, but this has been protracted for, for for certainly the last month or so, where we're seeing the front end of the curve moving around like a prompt contract, like a spot contract. And obviously that rolls out to the curve. The curve, relatively speaking, 21 does look like it's been really highly overpriced considering what the likely dynamics are. But we have seen that removal of all of the, the, the huge influx of LNG in Q1 2020. Um, has been removed from the market and we've seen that although Asian prices have uh, come off as the weather's improved in those markets significantly and we have seen a return to activity in the North Atlantic LNG market into the UK and Europe which has really strengthened people's opinions of you know we've got enough gas you know it really has changed that dynamic 12 months ago the market was LNG was baseload it was displacing pipeline gas I mean that's certainly not been the case this winter um, although I say the outlook does look a little more normalized now and we've seen prices are down 30 or 40 percent on the near curve from where they peaked less than three or four weeks ago. So Jason do you have any sort of last concluding remarks about what consumers and energy users can expect um, or should look out for in the in the weeks and months ahead are we out of the woods yet as far as the winter period is concerned? Well I think um for short-term buyers, uh, I think that the outlook looks uh, significantly improved, although there's always a little bit of uh, uh, risk there. I think for those people that are buying long-term contracts, uh, 12 or, or, or longer in months' terms from, from April, um, I think there are still a number of risks out there that mean that the market will be reluctant to uh, discount too heavily prices. But seasonal prices are not too far away from long-term averages that you could say there are, are is some value in some of these contracts particularly given the fact that you know we seem to be flooding markets with liquidity and debasing sort of normalized valuations uh, if you like a sort of a mini uh, a small asset bubble so what i would say is that if you discount 2020 again we talked about it last time 
as a difficult or an anomaly year, these prices are not exceptional. And, you know, I think there are still some risks out there, um, particularly around carbon, uh, the transition for, uh, to UK carbon from EU carbon, uh, and the general inflationary environment we find the asset markets in just means that, you know, don't be hanging out for a return to 2020 prices. I think that is unlikely in the extreme, especially for customers that are buying 12 months at a time rather than buying short term and spot. Well, thanks for that, Jason. Fascinating as always. An awful lot going on. Fingers crossed uh, that things go okay for security supply and pricing as we exit the winter. Well, if you found that interesting and would like to find out more, please do visit our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. Look out for the reports there. And we hope you join us again soon for another podcast.